More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Three, two, one, action. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, Saturday Strong Edition. Steve Johnson here with Minnesota Tim Parachka. The week after the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. And we've got a lot to talk about. We've got Charles Schwab going this week. We've got, uh, i tell you what, Tim, usually after the Masters, golf kind of explodes. You know, the weather gets better. And I know it's, it hadn't been the greatest up but in the Minnesota area after the Masters. It was cold, windy, rainy. It has been all over the country. But I'm telling you what, global warming is happening right now down in Dallas. It's, uh, it was perfect yesterday. And we're anticipating some great weather over the next couple of weeks. And uh, people are coming out hitting balls. It's like uh, the golf season started a little bit later this year, but it's in full bloom right now, baby. Full bloom. Why is it global warming when it's supposed uh, to be warm at this time of year? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I made that up because everyone talks about global warming. Oh, okay. I just wanted to be relevant. <laughs> well, now you fit the oh, agenda. Okay. Yes, yes. Now you fit in. We're going all uh, uh, we're going all electric uh, computers. Yeah, plug uh, in your car. Yeah, no, no more gas computers. No more gas laptops. All electric. There's gas laptops. No, no, there's not. Okay, there's you're not. kind of all over the. So place hey, so morning. let's talk about you. You said before I said action. You said you you brought up some provocative topics. You talked about Michael Breed. Yes. The, he's the mayor of Positive Town. You know he that. is the mayor of Positive Town. Everybody okay. knows Michael Breed's the mayor of Positive Town. Okay. And so what? Uh, what's up with Michael? So Michael, this must have been on his show, A New Breed of Golf, on Sirius XM the other day. So him and Greg have that? Have... Is that still a, a deal? Sirius XM? Yeah, they still have that show. I, I don't okay. listen to it. I don't have a membership to Sirius XM. But of course they still have their show, and it's great. Okay. And they still got the word of the day happening, and it's awesome. Okay, but good. Him and Greg, I, now I didn't hear this conversation, but him and Greg must have had a conversation on the air about Michael Breed's ability to break 70 on a 6,100-yard golf course throwing the golf ball with his arm. What? So let me just read these two tweets. Okay. Josh Price tweeted, on PGA Tour Radio this morning, Michael Breed says he can break 80 throwing a golf ball on a par 71 golf course if he is allowed a max two putts on the green. And then this so Sully said, okay, guy. So wait a second. You said break 70 first, but you're talking about breaking 80. It's breaking 80. Yes. Okay, sorry. breaking 80. Okay. It's a par 70 golf course. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's. What this guy tweeted out. And then this Sully guy responds to him and says, I have a 6,100-yard par 70 golf course for him. I'll bet him $20,000. He cannot break 80. We'll fly him in at my expense. 
And then Michael Breed quote tweets that and says, Sully, unless every hole is uphill, I want in. And I'll take the bet. Done. So, as far as I know, that bet has been accepted. Michael called the guy, according to Sully, on Twitter. And it appears that this is a real bet. Wow. Okay, so let's think logically about this, okay? 6,100 yards. So, let's think of a baseball uh, baseball diamond. You know the guys that... Uh, are out the guys that are, are pros at baseball and they catch a ball deep center field, but 350 feet, something like that, 330 feet. This guy catches a fly ball and he throws it to home 300 and some odd feet. That's a hundred yards. That's a pro. Michael Breed is, first of all, he's in, uh, he's bordering on, he's close to 60 now. But you got to think about a golf ball is much different than a baseball. A lot of people threw this argument at Michael, and Michael okay. countered it. Okay. So let's say he can throw it. Let's say he can throw 200 yards. Okay. Okay. He can throw it 200 yards. So you take 6,100 divided by 200. That's 30 tosses he's, he's got. 30 tosses. He can't throw it. He can't throw it 200 yards. <laughs> he can't do it. He can't do say, it. Let's say he throws it 100 yards. He can't throw it 100 yards. yards. If he threw a, a golf ball 100 yards, that would be phenomenal. Well, he already proved he can throw a, 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 a golf ball over 100 yards. So a while back when he was younger, when he had his golf fix show on the Golf Channel, he posted this video yesterday on his uh, Twitter. Okay. Um, and he was at Winkfoot, I think. No, Winkfoot? Marion, excuse me. Okay, Marion. He's at Marion, the 13th hole, okay. the par three. And he showed everyone how he would play the hole um, if, he, if he was throwing the golf ball. And he oh. made it. It was like a 110-yard shot. He made it from, his, from, from the tee box to the green just throwing the golf ball. Let me send you the video. Okay. Now, Michael Reed's no dummy. I mean, if he says he can do something, um, I'd hate to be his arm, his his elbow, or his shoulder. I would hate to be that after he's done. So here, I'm 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 bring pulling it up. I'm going to play it here. Michael Breed, Marion's thirteenth hole. Was on his was that on his Twitter? Yes, he posted Golf that to Academy his is yesterday. coming up here. It's coming up. Golf Academy on the Golf Channel. So you're highly skeptical that Michael can do this. Well, you know, the thing is, let's say you have an 80-yard carry over water. Yeah, What's he going to do? What's he going to do? I mean, because a lot of that 100 yards is roll. Or let's say he has a 90-yard carry to get over the water. What's he going to do? Is he going to throw it, try to throw it over the water? Is he going to lay up? Um, if he gets... He doesn't really get penalized if he's in a bunker because he just throws it out. It doesn't roll as far if he's in a bunker. But man, I've tried throwing the the, the golf ball weighs. I'm not sure how much the difference between a golf ball weight and a baseball weight. How much do they weigh? Hmm, so Michael's question. he's Michael's right-handed here. He's he's winding up. He's giving it the uh, 
Oh, now he's running. He, oh, okay, so wait a second, wait a second. He ran about four steps. Yeah, why can't you do that? You've got to back up if you're going to run, if you're going to run like a running start. Which he did. He backed okay. up. Okay. And threw it from the tee box to the green. I wonder how far that is. How far is the 13th hole at Marion? I think it was like 110 yards, he said. Yeah, Stone, he carried it all the way over the back of the green. Well, you know what? He may be able to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet him because you know what? If if Michael Breed is is throws it out there as a bet, you know he can do it. Right. So forget that. Well, Good here's try, a little Michael. history about the Brito. So I was his producer for a long time, this part-time producer, and then um helped him out on the show a little bit. He has a history with the New York Mets. Now what? I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think he tried out for the New York Mets one time. Or did something with the New York Mets. What was he? Maybe he was a ball boy or something. No, he wasn't a ball boy. This was as an adult. I think he was in his 20s when he tried out for the Mets. Really? Yeah. So he's got a cannon of an arm. I'll tell you what, he threw it over. I'm not sure. Like you say, it's over 100 yards on that 13th hole at Marion. He threw it to the back of the green, which that's a heck of a throw. Yeah. Wow. So you're uh, okay. now a believer. Yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'll believe him. Okay. Okay. Good luck, Michael. All right. Well, maybe we should take our first break and then get into the PGA Championship next. Mito Piera's choke, Justin Thomas's comeback. He had a 1.2% chance, according to Golf Bet, to win or Data Golf, one of those two websites, something like that. But first, go to HaneyUniversity.com. Sign up for a golf lesson from Hankey's back teaching. He will improve your golf game immediately. I actually have a golf swing that I took this week on the range at a golf course near our house. And I'm going to send it over to S. Johnson at champgolf.net very, very soon to get analysis and a game plan from the great predictor, Steve Johnson, a down the line video where he can see yourself and the target. Yes. Down the line video. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't understand that. How's your outfit? Yeah, I was wearing joggers and a white T-shirt. Okay. All right. That's your standard uh, uniform right there. Yeah. Okay. Haney, well, that's good. I'm looking forward to seeing it, Tim. Okay. HaneyUniversity.com. Sign up for a lesson today. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Very short segment one there, Tim. We got to do better on segment two and three. Very short. Are, yeah, are you, well, you got to go do something or what? Are you just cut me off? You you got to go do something this morning? Or what? No, no. We can talk all morning if we want. Okay. All right. H- Haley's still pregnant. She's not okay, pushing good. out the baby yet. Nice, nice. If she was pushing out the baby, I, I mean, I'm dedicated to the Saturday Strong. I'd still be here. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll bring the recording I mean, equipment gonna... with me to the, uh, to the birthing center. Honey, we're going to get you an Uber. We're going to get you an Uber. <laughs> I'll be there in about an hour and a half. Take your time. So the PGA Championship, we haven't spoken. uh, We haven't talked about the PGA Championship since it happened. Uh, Very exciting. Very exciting. Yes. So this Mito Piera, interesting. We never even heard of him before uh, before this tournament. Never won on the PGA Tour. Uh, He's won on the Corn Ferry. Uh, Went to Texas Tech for one year. Played. Played golf there. Obviously, a very talented player. Joaquin Neiman, good buddies with him. So, what did uh, the broadcast do? They got Joaquin Neiman on there, just showing his reactions to what was going to happen. They didn't know what was going to happen. They thought he was probably going to win. Mito Piera is one uh, one shot up with uh, going to the seventy second hole. So he gets up there, knocks in the water. Obviously, Joaquin Neiman is a little bit embarrassed. Feels bad for his buddy. Now, some baggage that his buddies carrying, Mito. Did you know that he had quit golf for a couple years? I did not know that. Yeah, they said that on the broadcast. I thought, ooh, man, this is a guy that's, he's strung very tight. Like, uh, golf owes him something. Like, uh, hey, I'm going to quit golf because I'm not getting out of it what I want to get out of it. It was more than a hobby for him. And for a lot of us, golf is just a hobby. It's, if, if it's no fun, you aren't going to play. That, that's one of the reasons you want to take lessons. It's the fastest way to improve your game. But Mito wasn't getting out of golf what he wanted to get off, get out of it. He, you know, he put a lot into it, wasn't getting out of it. 
uh, wasn't satisfied. So he quit for two years. Hmm. How do you think that this, this defeat, he didn't even make the playoff, made double bogey on the last hole. Uh, how do you think it's going to affect him? That's a good question. He went from 100th in the world golf rankings to 49th just after this finish. So that's great for him. Um, I think he gets into a lot of tournaments based on the finish that he had. He's a top five finish. So that's great for him. I think he's going to look back at this moment and realize that this was his only realistic chance to win a major championship. So I feel really bad that he lost because you think about players that have a chance to win two major championships. I looked it up this week, Steve. 145 players ever in golf have won one major championship. And you think about the Danny Willits of the world, the Jeff Ogilvies, the Mike Weirs, the Jason Duffners. Does Mito Piera fall under that category of players with one major championship? And this was his chance to do that? Or does Mito Piera fall under the Zach Johnsons of the world where, you know, under the right circumstances and conditions, he could win two major championships. I, I, I think it would be um, the first one. Taking into account he's never won a PGA event before, your first event being a major, is that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, I go back to one of my students, past students, Ben Curtis, won the 2003 Open Championship. He got in for, by qualifying to get in over there. Oh, wow. And he ended up winning. First major that he'd played in. He won. And he had an opportunity to win the PGA Championship at Oakland Hills. He was three up with nine holes left and Oof. could not get it done. Now, how many guys do you, do you have it there? How many guys have won two majors? Yes. Um, I had the number. I think it's like 37. Isn't that crazy? You've got 140 something guys that have won one major, but getting that second major is very, very difficult. Yeah. And it gets harder and harder as it continues. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it drops off. I mean, guys that have won three majors, four majors, and it just, the, that is rare air. It's hard to believe that Brooks Kepka is one of those guys that has, have won four majors. When you think about Mito Piera, do you think he's ever going to have a three-shot lead entering Sunday of a major championship again? Gosh, the odds would say no. Right, you can't count on that. So no. can you really expect him to win another major championship? Not that he's won one already, but to put himself in the position to win another major championship like that, I mean, I, that's hard to expect. Yeah. You know, a lot of players are counting how many major championships they've even played in. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, just playing in a major is a big deal. There's a lot of guys that don't qualify for the majors. When the top players say hey, it's all about winning majors, hey, first it's about getting in the majors. And then if you're lucky enough to get the opportunity to win one, it's, uh, it's crazy. I don't see Mito Piera in the top 100, buddy. He's 49th. Okay, let me see here. I'm doing a fact check on you. Oh, that's why. Guillermo Mito Pereira. Guillermo mm. Pereira is uh, his real name. Oh, okay. He's right behind Webb Simpson, uh, right in front of Mark Leishman, Sergio Garcia. Webb Simpson has fallen all the way down? To 48. To 48th? Wow. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. He's it's only big, 27 years old, Texas Tech University. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Justin Rose, number 56. What are your thoughts on his driver 
off the 18th tee box. There's a lot of controversy about that. People should people are saying he should have taken three wood. Yeah, he should have taken driver. What are your uh, thoughts well, on that one? The the biggest the biggest aha for me was, and I've been part of one of these. Uh, one of my I was caddying for Trip Keeney at the Masters. He had just come off a uh, really nice up and down. He was a couple under par uh, in the second round of the Masters 2008. Looked like he could make the cut. Trevor Emmelman was playing good. Uh, they, they had the 10-shot rule at that time. He wanted to be the low amateur. And he had just made a great up and down, knocked it over 15-2, and two, had a heck of a time getting up and down for par, and uh, went to the 16th, 16th hole. He was up. Uh, he was first up with Mark Amira and Ian Poulter. And he gets up there and he shanks a shot almost sideways. Wow. And after the fact, Mark Amira says, wow, what is, what was he in such a rush about to get up there and hit? And I thought, I said to Mark, I said, Hey, are, were we, did it really look like we were rushing? He said, Oh yeah, you guys were, it, it looked like you guys were, had just gotten a notice that you had fallen behind. And I, I, I thought, Wow, it felt like we just had taken our time and went through our process and all that. So things can get away from you. When uh, I can understand Guillermo uh, getting up to the 18th hole, and I thought he was taking a practice swing, and all of a sudden he's hitting the shot. Uh, it just things start moving very quickly when you're under pressure, and uh, when you're in the zone, things move slowly. But they were not moving slowly for Mito because. Uh, before you know it, his ball is rinsed in the water and uh, he's making double bogey. So tactical error, uh, it's, it's always the player's responsibility what club they're going to hit. The, the caddy can make suggestions. The caddy could help slow him down. Uh, but caddies choke too, Tim. I mean, it's, it's just the fact. Yeah, Everyone, so do you think he should have hit in three wood then? Yes. I mean, in retrospect, yeah, absolutely. But beforehand, let's let's take you to the position of the caddy. And let's say you're suggesting a club for him to hit. He's got a driver and he's got a three-wood. Mm-hmm. What are you taking out? So of here, I'm, I'm going to be Hank Haney here. And Hank would say, okay, let's take double bogey out of the equation. The only way I can make double bogey is if I miss the green in three putt, which is two bad mistakes, or I get a penalty shot. And that's one of Hank's three keys to better golf to, to get the most out of your round, take the penalty shots out of play. Yeah. So even if he makes bogey on that hole, he's still in the playoff, but the decision he made to hit driver brought the water back into play. And the fairway over there on that right side kicks toward the water too. So, I mean, I would have played it way to the left of the three wood had a couple, maybe, you know, 190, 180 yards in uphill Guy's probably hitting a seven iron that far. He's all jacked up and he's all excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of those things that you just, you think, hey, you, you know, it, it would have, could have, should have. If I had it over to do over again, what would I do? Three would. Definitely. Yeah. Well, definitely. did you see his follow through with the driver? Yeah. And he'd done that a couple times. He's trying to hit kind of a modified stinger, getting the, getting the ball on the ground. Finishing low and to the left, unfortunately, when the club face is open to the path, the ball's going to slice a little bit. He was coming away from the inside, and uh, that ball just started out farther right than he had anticipated, and blunk, you rinsed it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's, it's unfortunate. That isn't the the uh, the crash that I wanted to see. Uh, Roy McElroy accomplished that, but it was neat to see extra holes. It, it's always fun to see extra holes, don't you think? It was a great PGA Championship, and I think the PGA Championship has easily become the second best major championship in the world. I would say that the PGA Championship, from a golfing standpoint, not from history standpoint, not from the biggest major standpoint. Just strictly from the product, the entertainment, I would say the PGA Championship has outperformed the Masters for the last three years. What? Yes. The PGA Championship, as far as an entertainment golf standpoint, has outperformed the Masters for the last three years. The last three Masters haven't been that close. Scotty Scheffler blew away the field. Dustin Johnson blew away the field. Hideki Matsuyama... Although he won by one, he blew away the field because, I mean, he had like a three or four shot lead entering the final hole. The BJ Championship the last three years has been super close, super entertaining and compelling every single year. So Mickelson's win last year. The playoff this year. Colin Morikawa's drama a couple of years ago at Beth Page Black. Mm-hmm. It's been a great product to watch. Okay. All right. What about 2019, Tiger Woods? That was the greatest Masters of all time. That's why I don't compare the PGA Championship to that year. (laughs) That's why I said the last three years before the 2019 Masters. Fair enough. Fair enough. You've got uh, facts to back it up, like always. And I can't argue with you. Well, thank you. Do you have any thoughts on Justin Thomas's win now that he joined the uh, elite club of two major championships? Well, it brings back the conversation that we had a couple of years ago. Who's going to win more majors, Jordan Spieth or, or Justin Thomas? Hmm. Um, you got to think right now that Justin Thomas, you know, he's, he's been quite a bit of an underachiever uh, because he's had a lot of opportunities to win. And I'm not saying he backed into that because he played a, a heck of a round in the last round. A lot of pressure. He, got, he posted a score. But uh, I got to say that I would say Justin Thomas is going to have more. Yeah. I would agree with that take. You know, Justin he's, he's Thomas within one. He's pulled within one. Yeah, he's pulled within one major. And uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's hitting on all cylinders. Right. Um, is it kind of funny that Bones won another major championship with Phil Mickelson not on the field? He's very, very good caddy. Justin Thomas gave him a lot of credit. Talking him down off the ledge after Saturday's round, that, uh, that's a big deal. Most caddies are just trying not to lose their jobs. You know, they just uh, they don't want to go out on a limb. And uh, that's part of the, the close relationship that the caddy has with the player. To be honest, Bones is respected by Justin Thomas. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, he can go out on a limb because he has the reputation as one of the greatest caddies of all time. Yeah. And I think even. The, the father, the coach, Mike Thomas, has learned a lot um, because he said in a post-tournament interview that, hey, you know what? I wanted to say the same things, but typically when I say something, it's not as well received as if someone else says it. And mm. so he just he kind of stayed in the background and let Bones talk about, hey, you know, you're, you're right there. You can do it. Yeah. Four over on Saturday. That's okay. You know, you got a long way to go. It's like you got a long way. So uh, that I thought that was great. Yeah. 
I think this is we're seeing kind of the the evolution of a father-son relationship and where Mike eventually just steps back and lets Justin be his own guy. And uh, I know he's Mike's gotten other input from other teachers, but he's always just like with Jordan Spieth and, and Cameron McCormick. Cameron McCormick will always be the deliverer of the message. He may get a lot of input. He may get input from Butch. He may get input from other teachers, but he's going to be the deliverer of the info. Mike Thomas will always be the deliverer, but he'll get input mm. from others, from others. And he has. Yeah. I think Jim Bones McKay was very motivated by your comments a couple of weeks ago on the Hank Haney podcast. He must listen to the Hank Haney podcast because we did a caddy podcast. And we talked about the best caddy on the PGA Tour. Who who would you pick as caddy? Like mm-hmm. Steve Williams, Bones McKay, Fluff Cohen, all these guys were on there. Ted Scott wasn't on that list. And you said you'd rather have Ted Scott or Jim Bones McKay. Yeah, I would. I would. Now, wow. Ted Scott is, is caddying for the number one player in the world right now, who has won a major. And Jim so, Bones mean, McKay caddied for Phil Mickelson, who's won five majors. Okay. Okay. I guess he won four with Bones on the bag. Okay, and then uh, he's also won, let's see, Ted Scott's won three. So who's going to win more majors, <laughs> Ted Scott or or Bones McKay? Well, Bones McKay has five, uh, five now. Right. Scotty Scheffler has one, and uh, Bubba Watson has two. Yeah. So I would say three. Jim Bones McKay. Yeah. Really? Okay. Fair enough. You would you would disagree with that? I don't know. You're talking about two of perhaps the best caddies of all time. Hanks, I'm I'm going with Hank. Hank said that Ted Scott was the best caddy out on the tour. Hmm. Okay. Well, now that we know you can't think for yourself, you have to say whatever Hank says and repurpose well, I mean, it as your own. Remember, this guy won two majors with Larry David. He was on the bag of Larry David, which is uh, Larry David is is the golf version of Bubba Watson. Yeah, he's quirky, super quirky, great player, but uh, we'll see. Hmm. All right, everyone, go to VoodooPainRelief.com for a free two week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. This product is patented and it'll take care of your aches and your pains. VoodooPainRelief.com. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, segment three. We're going to end this. Uh, we're going to end this podcast here after this uh, groundbreaking third segment. It's groundbreaking. Not, it's not groundbreaking. It's the Charles Schwab Cup. Chuck yeah. Schwab is in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, Fort Worth is only about forty miles from downtown Dallas. 30 miles, something like that. Uh, but it's like a different world, Tim. You go to Fort Worth, it's like time has st- stood still. Hmm. Like they're still back in the, uh, they're back in the 70s still over there in Fort Worth. A lot of Amish people? No, no. It's just, uh, uh, it's a slower paced. It's, it's hard. It's really hard to believe. It's like you're, you're going across country and you're going 20 miles, 30 miles away. Really? It's, it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, a lot slower paced. People are friendly, just like they are here in Dallas, and that's the home of the best golf course. And I, I particularly, it doesn't show well on television. It's much, much better in person. It's a real tight venue. Uh, a lot of people come, but it's tight. They're packed in there really tight. And a lot of good players, a lot of good players doing well. It's an invitational tournament, so it's a smaller field, right? Yes. Smaller field. So I'm going to show you here. I'm going to. There's a lot of big players playing this week too. Yes. Justin Thomas, Jordan yeah. Spieth, Scott, Scotty yeah. Scheffler, right, right. And uh, one of the best players in the world, Patrick Reed, is tied for the lead after the first round. Webb Simpson's up there. Harold Varner the third. Chris Kirk got a lot of guys of four under Cam Davis, Nick Taylor, Bo Hostler. Now it was windy yesterday. It's not supposed to be as windy today, uh, but. I can remember they were saying on the on the broadcast, the SiriusXM broadcast, Dennis Paulson said, hey, there was a guy that shot 64-64 when they played 30 
36 holes on Sunday because of the storms that they had this one year. It was 1987. That was Keith Clearwater. So you can go low on this course. And these guys are much longer now than they used to be. You can't really stretch that course out very much. Remember, this is the course that Annika Sornstam played in her first men's tournament. She got an exemption. She get, got invited to play. And at the time, it was called the uh, Colonial National Invitational Tournament, the NIT. But uh, now it's called the Charles Schwab Cup. And really good field, just like you said. And they have a lot of golf coming up. Like this week is Charles Schwab Cup. Next week is Memorial. Hmm. The Memorial term, Jack Nicholas. Yeah. And everyone shows up for that one. Everyone will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone will be there. And then what's the tournament after the Memorial? Do you know? Because that tournament's going to get host. (laughs) You got the PGA Championship. Then you got the Charles Schwab. Everyone's there. I'm going to tell you what it is here. And, and then you got the memorial. The, Everyone's going to show up to that event. This is the luxury of the, of the internet here. I'm going to PGAtour.com. Got the PGA, the Charles Schwab. We've got memorial. Then rocket mortgage. Give the no. Give the fingers to the Canadians. <laughs> it's a Canadian Open RBC. Hmm. No, no one's going there. Going up there, no. And then you know what you have after that U.S. Open. No. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, they just got screwed in the schedule. Yeah, yeah, they know D- yeah. Dustin Johnson will be there, but there's going to be nobody else there. I'm not sure. It's a, it's in Toronto, St. George's Golf and Country Club. I don't know what they usually play at Glen Abbey, which is not the greatest of courses. You know what? You've got uh, still quite a bit of tournaments, quite a few tournaments left. We got right after the U.S. Open, we've got the Travelers and then John Deere, Barbasol. Scottish Open, the Barracuda Championship, that's, uh, that's the same week as the Barbasol, then the Open Championship at St. Andrews. You think that's the next time we'll see Tiger? Yeah. Is he open? You, you don't think we're going to see him at the U.S. Open? Well, are you concerned about his WD on Sunday? Man, he was in pain. I, I played a little nine-holer last night with uh, one of the guys that went up and watched him on Saturday. Mm. And he said the first three or four holes, he was pretty good. But by the time he got to number nine, you could tell that he was really hurt. And uh, it was cold. The, the guy said, I am so glad we went on Saturday because if we would have gone on Sunday and we, he would have withdrawn, it would have been, uh, been a lost trip. He's, he thought this is probably the only time I'm going to be able to see Tiger Woods in competition. It was one of the last times. Guy doesn't travel all over the world to watch golf. Um, he's not going to travel to St. Andrews. So he thought, hey, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that, that'd be the quickest. So Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. So he did. I, he, he, was, he loved it. I know Tiger, there's a lot of negativity negativity about Tiger Woods right now and his WD, but I like to look at the positive things. And he WD'd, and it was like 53 degrees on Sunday, and he knew it was going to be cold. He's playing for nothing. He shot a 79 on Saturday. I think it's impressive that he made both major championship cuts this year. When you look at some of the names that missed the cut in the PGA, it was Patrick Cantley, Daniel Berger, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler. Tiger out-competed those four players the first two days in the PGA. Remember I told you, I said without question he was going to make the cut. Yeah, you did say that. I did that. Yeah, I, I won $20 off Tim Matthews. He'll probably never pay either. He's like, <laughs> he probably never. He's like Jeff Warren. The Welchers. They welch. Oh, Would you have yeah. paid? Yes. Yes, I would have paid. 
If I would have lost, I would have paid. And I, I got to tell you, I was, it was coming down to the end. I'm thinking, ooh, man, Tiger. He's right on the number. And I get, oof. I don't know if he's going to make it or not, but he did. He doesn't give up. You know, that's what, one of the things that people don't. It's so easy. Once you start to give up, it is so easy to give up the next time and the next time and the next time. Right. You're so right on that. The so. you, you made a mistake. I told you to tweet out who you think is going to win, and you direct messaged me on I'm, Twitter. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but then I did tweet it after. Oh, you did you? Okay, you yeah, did, I, you I tweeted it. it. Okay, I, I, I got some comments on it too. Did you? Yeah, some likes. Everyone liked the uh, the Will Zelatoris uh, prediction. Um, uh, unfortunately, it didn't come true. But uh, I was at the. I got. Uh, I was a beneficiary of the Invisalign. You know, where, where they, they'd straighten your teeth out with these uh, retainers? <laughs> yep. So I went to the orthodontist yesterday, and wouldn't you know it, it's the same orthodontist that helped Will Zelatoris when he was a young kid? How, did he help him with the yips? Did he help straighten up no, his No, I think that, that may have caused the yips. <laughs> it caused the yips. Straightening his teeth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so he said at the time, the kid was 10 and 11 years old, and he asked him, the, the orthodontist asked Will Zelatoris, what's your favorite golf course you've ever played? And he said, uh, Cypress Point. And the orthodontist said, wow, Cypress Point, that's incredible. How'd you get to play there? He said, I played with Stanford's team. Golf, uh, there, there's an there's a age restriction. Once you get into high school, there's all these rules that colleges cannot violate uh, without penalty of recruiting players, but before high school, anything goes. So nowadays there's a lot of young golfers that are committing to colleges in middle school, believe it or not. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Yeah. They're committing to, you know, Hey, I'm going to go there. And so Stanford was recruiting him, got him on Cypress point. And then, you know what? He went to wake forest. Huh. That's tough. He, he didn't. He didn't go to Stanford. <laughs> the big middle finger to you, Stanford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, maybe it's too hard. He thought, you know what? I'm going to go to play golf. I'm not going to go really to to be a scientist or to be a a Rhodes Scholar. I'm going to be a PGA runner up. So he went to Wake Forest. Hank said that Will Zalatoris, he tweeted this out. He said that Will Zalatoris should practice left-handed putting for the next two months and then putt left-handed for the rest of his yeah. career. Mm -hmm. That's what he told me before I went to Augusta. Yeah. And I, I, I went bucket list. I finally got to play one of my number one on my bucket list, and I talked myself into going left-handed. How stupid is that? Mm. So you listened to Hank, so Hank's advice was dumb? Well, he kind of bullied me into it. He bullied me into it. Okay. Yeah. So hmm. I'm there thinking, what in the hell am I putting left-handed for? I'm playing Augusta National, putting left-handed. Crazy. Well, Tim, I, I don't have any prediction for this week. I, I don't know who's going to win. I'd like to see Patty Reed up there because when Pat, Pat Reed is up at the top of the leaderboard or right up in the, toward the top, he gets interviewed, and when he gets interviewed, gold. There's gold in them there, uh, Jaws, because he can say some bizarre stuff. And uh, he could take some shots at some players. If I was so-and-so, I would have gotten a drop there. If I was so-and-so, they wouldn't have had me play with this guy. So I'm looking forward to that this week in Charles Schwab Cup. 
And uh, we've got the Stanley Cup finals coming up here pretty soon, too. We've got the Western Conference and Eastern Conference championships coming up. So, Yeah, we're about to hit the abyss of the summer when there's no sports going on except for the RBC Canadian Open. Or baseball. Or baseball. Yeah. Same same thing. I know. I know. I know. All right, Timmy. All right, Steve. All right. Okay. Hey, just real quick, uh, baby update. Uh, Yeah. Are we on pace? What what are we doing? We are on pace. I almost had to text you this morning because last night Haley was like, tonight might be the night. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Leave her alone. Leave her alone, Tim. (laughs) We're going to hit the, we're going to go back to bed after this show. Okay. All right, man. Have a good week. And remember what we always say, hit bombs. What else do we say? Make putts. Make putts. And leave the flag stick in. Yes, because it is a statistical advantage. Yeah, that's what Matthew Fitzpatrick does. Right. Till next week, Steve Johnson, Minnesota Tim Parachka. Have a good one. Adios, mofo. (laughs) 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 I'm going to send you my swing video. I was going to do it earlier this week. Yeah, send it. Send it. I was hitting hitting shots like crap, except for my driver. My driver was like, I had full control over my driver. I was hitting left to right. I was hitting right to left. It's amazing. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 